Hey there. Welcome to the in-between. You know what's weird? Is be, I Be encouraged. Oh, be encouraged. Sorry, Sean. <laughs> um, you know what's weird is I almost said welcome to the Philistines um, <laughs> because I was reading it as I was about to say it. and well, You wouldn't have been wrong. Yes. I mean, we are... Mm. We're probably all kind of talking way. about that. Can we unpack that? <laughs> welcome to the like from the appreciation Gentiles. of our perspective. Oh yeah, yeah. You're a bunch of Philistines. Like, Philistine. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> what <maybe>. was that? <laughs> it's from a Disney movie. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. No, cool. uh, I, I do want to say before we get started that mm. I know that I had whispered at the end of the last episode. Hey, I've. If candy. you come and tell me, yes, yeah. and you get candy. And you had candy ready, didn't and you? I, and I had some candy. It was just the little chocolate things yeah. that we, I'd put those bags on the... You put those bags on yeah. there? Did like, you have okay. to clean off the chocolate off of that off some of those? Thanks for that. No, <laughs> yeah. no, I grabbed them early and just stuffed them in my... Put them uh, in your box. Yeah. A smart. Smart. Then, but Sean and um, Kaysen, both... Is Kaysen, right? Yes. 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 So they, they came up and they're like, hey, man... Candy. And I was like, great, <laughs> let's go. And then Tiffany was like... And Sean was mad at me. Oh, he was mad at you? Yeah, for not saying... Be, be encouraged. encouraged. Be okay. encouraged at the end. I'm sorry. Right. I d- it's not... It was never supposed to be like what I said every time, and then it became a thing, and now it's like... Okay. Now it is. Now and it you is. You drive it back out of it, and it's too late. Yeah. Yep. But we're... <laughs> more importantly... Welcome to Paul's life. Yeah. More importantly, more importantly, Paul is here. Stuck with it. And right. we're talking about First Samuel 13 again, but the yes, the part that you're most most excited about from that passage, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is a I mean, you hyped cool. it up pretty good, so I'm excited. You're going to have to deliver. Well, it connects to <laughs> it connects to so many things that are vital to to honestly just the way I think about ministry. And so it connects so strongly to First Corinthians, I mean, to Ephesians 4 yeah. about, you know, equipping uh, the saints for the ministry of the gospel like this, this whole idea. And, and, and I even even um, in the kind of a couple of weeks ago, that, gosh, was that just last week was the emergency pastors meeting? Was that yeah, two weeks it ago? was last week. Holy, that can't be right. Um, anyway, but the uh, the lead pastors, we all got together and we're like, are you OK? Let me know if you're okay. And, uh, and some of the pastors really great conversations. And, um, but, uh, one of the guys started talking about, he had gone through a really, really tough time in his life Mm -hmm. and, you know, had been on the verge of despair and depression and, and all that. And he said, um, he said, I realized that it was, you know, I was thirsty and I had not dug any wells. He's like, he thinks, he said, Mm. he said, I think that's a common problem for pastors is that we don't try to start digging the well until we're thirsty and it's too late. Let's go back to our other theme. It's too, at that point it's too late. And so he said, luckily some guys who had some water showed up and kind of rescued me in that and then helped me dig wells, you know, help mm. me put the things in my life that I need in order to be healthy when I don't need them. And mm. it was like, wow. And that is such a great, yeah, and, and that's what first like, Samuel 13 is all about. It's, if, if it's battle time and that's when you realize you don't have any weapons, you're too late. And if then you realize you don't have any blacksmiths, now you're totally hosed. Like, you, you're, it's too late and there's nothing you could do about it. And what a horrible, chilling feeling to realize we have the most warlike, one of the most warlike cultures in history on our border. 
And somehow we have no weapons. How did we get there? I mean, how did that? Mm-hmm. And so anyway, it just connects to so many, so much imagery for me to understand, you know, we've got, we've got to be looking around and shoring up what's mm-hmm. that we go. This isn't a crisis yet. Um, gosh, in fact, when was, was that on one of these pod? No, it was on the Reconstructed Faith podcast with Jordan mm-hmm. Sherrod. Yeah, we talked oh. about <laughs> advertising another podcast on the podcast. Again. Stop it. Um, but um, that we t- I talked with Jordan, maybe even after you and Bryn had left and, mm-hmm. and was talking with Jordan about the way that um, so much of what a good, good leadership in a church is about things that don't ever happen. That it's like, hey, today's the day that this everything would have fallen apart. But because of some good decisions we made six months ago or two years ago, it didn't. Well, no one knows that. You can't celebrate that. Like, hey, today's that day that we would have finally seen something really ugly and unhealthy and whatever. And we didn't because of some confrontational conversations we had, mm-hmm. you know, two years ago that no one wanted to have, but we had to have. And and so anyway, it just yeah. feels that, that that's when the, the battle starts. And you're like, oh, yeah, we got swords, we got spears. And no one goes, well, man, who remembered to do that three years ago? Yeah. That was brilliant. So... Anyway, so much of mm. this is that way. Or so. I feel like if the attitude had been like, well, we don't need swords and spears because God's going to take care of us. Oh, that's, yeah. You know, it's like, if that, I mean, obviously that that's... Would, yeah, that wasn't but, their attitude. But that's, but that's not the attitude. Right. You know, I'm going right. back to what Jason Wallace was talking about, you know, when he was on the podcast talking about how, you know, it would be one thing if... I mean, I, what was the context? Essentially, mm. he was saying like, when you could, it would be one thing if it's like, Hey, God's, God's going to take care of us. He's taking, he's taking care of us up to now. I think it was like the King conversation or something. Right. I don't remember exactly. Yeah. Anyway, that's a hypothetical. That's kind of, I'm getting away from. I can't what we're believe actually you're talking just about. talking. I mean, what, what do you think this podcast I'm, is for? I'm <laughs> being quiet. Anyway. So please don't be plow, quiet on the podcast. Plow, plow shares. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I'm going to get to share. I remembered to, I went ahead and grabbed the plowshares, the plowshares. So everybody's going to get Which, to see I that. I mean, <clears throat> so you found that on property. Those are just Paul? so cool. <laughs> yep. Yep. Over on the north side of the property by the house. So, and there was, there was three of them just hanging out, hanging out in the dirt. No big deal. Yep. Kicked one when I was walking by. What is that? I, I mean, you know, and it's amazing that Paul's the one who kicked it because um, most people wouldn't have known what it was. If they I, I think it. I, I think I had seen them several times, and yeah. it never even struck Gone me as interesting. Like, yeah. oh, it look, far off the road. I don't think that I ever saw them. Yeah, I, I mean, in my brain, when I saw it, I was like, oh, I've seen that. Yeah, but it had not struck me as. I don't know if I'd even thought about what it was. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't, I thought like, Oh, I wonder what that is. I don't know what that is. It just, mm-hmm. Oh, look a bit of trash. It right. didn't even cross my mind. Metal trash. Yeah. The other thing that I think, you know, you're saying there are so many applications to this. I think another thing just reinforces, or it's a good image of what, uh, what we are uh, consistently talking about, about uh, equipping the next generation. Yeah. And that's why I think one, it, it just continues to play into, hey, this is what we're doing. And this is, here's an image of why we should be doing this. Because if we wait until we need ministers, right, which we do, 
we do yes, need ministers. Right. And so I know that kind of breaks down, but it's like, if we're, if we're waiting to the point where it's like, oh gosh, we're in a really hard spot. Right. We need to start training them now. And, and we, but we have not been doing it. Yes. And setting things in place to do that. It's going to be too late. Well, again, that's, I just did the Forge graduation and this passage is what I teach at the Forge graduation every year because, and, and one of the things I do is I read from the SWOT analysis, the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats analysis for the Forge program. And, and what, what stood out to us was we were trying to hire a director at Pine Cove and we had interviewed six or eight guys and we're like, these are not the guys. And we had, we had used up our pool. Like, These are not is, the droids you're looking for. Yeah, exactly. We had we had gone through the resumes, we'd gone through the conversation. And I'm sure there were great men and women of God out there. We but but from our pool, we were like, and we're done. And we have a camp that doesn't have a director. And so what do we do about that? And and there was no it was too late to start training a director. And that was exactly what the year later or eight months later when after the forge started. And then we did a year of the forge. And at the graduation, I was reading this passage like, this is exactly where we found ourselves. We should have been doing this. This is what Young Guns yeah. was. Same exact thing. Hey, but, but it was a little more, I mean, we were seeing a crisis building and we can't find quality male counselors at mm -hmm. Pine Cove. It's just hard to find quality male counselors. And that was the, uh, the line from Untouchables. Untouchables. Yeah. <laughs> if you're afraid of getting a rotten Go apple. to the tree. Don't go to the barrel, get it off a tree. And so, mm. um, anyway, and it was the same thing. We, we need to be mm. raising up apple trees and, and getting healthy apples from these trees. Cause it's anyway, it's so it, this, it just applies to so yeah. many things. I haven't seen the untouchables. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Just I, added to I, the that list. hurts me. That Sorry. hurts me. Yeah, exactly. You need to be creating a list. Paul be incensed. Then we can. <laughs> <laughs> Have you I seen it? I relate. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, okay. Only because I think I watched it with you. You probably saw. I'm sure. House. I'm yeah. sure. Um, yeah. That's, see, that's our future podcast is you watching a movie and then you and I discussing them on sounds, the podcast. Sounds so. like a great podcast. Will you, will you listen? <laughs> well, I listen. Uh, yeah, will you listen? Will I will you be listen. tuning in? Don't, don't, don't ask a question you don't want the answer to. <laughs> on, will you be listening on your iPad? IPhone no, but Jill will. Six. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, right into my job description. That's right. Oh, that sounds good. Man. <laughs> All right. Good answer. All good right. answer. Be good encouraged. Answer. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, anyway, that's all of that unpacks here. Now, here, here's what I'm trying to think about is how do we, um, you know, talking about what we're trying to do with student ministry, for example, investing in student ministry, that that applies here trying to figure out, okay, how do we, as our student ministry has expanded, how do we keep doing that? The idea of, of growing our singles ministry and college ministry, like those very much so apply investing in the kids mm -hmm. very much. So that's the thing about church ministry. It's, it's all kind of circular in that you raise up ministers to minister to raise up other ministers. And that cycle yeah. is the continual cycle. Well, and I think that it's important. And I know that you're, referencing this, but I'm going to say it, say it in my mind, at least more plainly. Um, the, the concept behind what we call our ministries is to equip ministers right. in that place. So like, it's not that we have a student ministry to give ministers of our church an opportunity to minister to students. It's to give... <laughs> ministers in our church an opportunity to equip ministers in student ministry. There you go. 
um, because student ministry is through students, not to students. That's right. Children's ministry, it's not merely the more to them. basic, right. is is not just to them. It's not just keeping them alive. It's not mm-hmm. just childcare. Um, it's not just babysitting or anything like that. It is, it is, yes, having fun with them. Yes, mm-hmm. giving them a safe place. Yes, all of those things that is mm-hmm. ministry to them, but also teaching them. Mm-hmm. to be ministers, to to plant seeds of the gospel inside of mm-hmm. their lives to where they can have those those deep uh, places to draw from mm-hmm. yep. later. So yeah. it's all of it, all of it is intentionally drawn mm-hmm. or pushed towards um, the the person who is being, ministered to is being shaped to be is already being put into fire mm-hmm. um, and the preschool ministry is just sanctification for <laughs> you think you mean parenting <laughs> any form of any form of parenting any form is of just parenting. sanctification right. it's great it's what it feels like right now let me tell you what folks that's right absolutely Sorry, i'm not trying to detract from what you were saying no that but was, I, that was good it's, i was i think i think that it's important to 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 know that i mean for those listening because these are you know only members of our church to to know um as a member of our church that it is like it is that granular it is that um that that's the philosophy um, so that's like the foundation that's that's it is foundational too i don't want to say foundational because of the the gospel is the foundation okay i see what you're Um, saying but it is it is that um purposeful that it's it's all the way down to we think that this is important enough to start here. Chris, take a second look at the passage, if you don't mind. Could you? Oh yeah, could you sure. Read no, that for us, Colson. I want to get uh, Paul's thoughts to. on not this. Not actually while I've reading got the Bible. We're just okay. talking about it. Starting start in thirteen. Start mm-hmm. in nineteen. Starting in nineteen. Yep. Now there was no blacksmith to be found throughout all the land of Israel, for the Philistines said, "Lest the Hebrews make themselves swords or spears." But every one of the Israelites went down to the Philistines to sharpen his plowshare, his mattock, his axe, or his sickle. And the charge was two-thirds of a shekel for the plowshares and for the mattocks, and, and a third of a shekel for the sharpening of axes and for setting the goads. So on the day of the battle, there was neither sword nor spear found in the hand of any of the people with Saul and Jonathan, but Saul and Jonathan had his or excuse me, but Saul and Jonathan, his son, had them. And the garrison of the Philistines went out to the pass of Michmash. There you go. Michmash, I was taking a bath. <laughs> All alone on Saturday night. Um, <laughs> when, you, when you read it on Sunday too, the kid behind me laughed out loud and then turned to his dad and said, he said mishmash. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe it. It's a weird one, no the doubt. You said mishmash. Yeah. You didn't, by the way. You said it correctly. I said it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You said it correctly from stage, but the, the boy found it <laughs> really funny. Very it's funny a funny things. word. There's been Mismatch. several of these locations that are like, "Wow, that's not that's, that's out there." So, so what are thinking. you? What were you wanting to get thoughts on? Well, one, while I've got Paul here, especially using this meeting for uh, its kind of its original, some of its original purposes. Like, I'd love to get y'all's thoughts on this passage, mm-hmm. looking at it. Just this section and what stands no, out. I, no, Colson, he asked for Paul. <laughs> well, no, I'm I'm not. I I have questions. Okay, I'm like that'll help. What does? I don't know what all of these things are. Like oh, I don't know what a mattock is. I don't know what a goat is. 
And then like, what's the setting of a goad? How is that? But then also it's Paul, you want to take two this? thirds of a <laughs> shekel. Okay. And a third of a shekel. Is that a lot? Is that a deal? What are the name of the tools again? A Matic. Plowshare, Matic, Axe, Sickle. Sickle. And then, but then it says, and the setting, and for setting the goads, that's in 21. Don't know mm-hmm. what that is. Uh, and does it matter sickle. that Saul and Jonathan had them, but no one else did? Yes. If it, if it helps, the ESV has a footnote at the end, and uh, the meaning of the Hebrew verse is uncertain. <laughs> Which one? Thanks for Uncertain. setting of the goads. The meaning of yeah. the Hebrew verse. Yeah, it's like it, yes. if, oh, again, okay. it, it probably had more of an intentional meaning oh, okay. in the original thing. Oh, okay. Okay. Again, I think if we were in an agrarian society, then we would have been, like, been like, oh, yeah, sure. If if it is setting of goads, that is the prod that you use to make an ox move. A goad. It's a sharp pointed. It's a it's a sharp point you wrap onto a stick like a badly made spear mm-hmm. and you would use it to prod an ox for so example. if it was actually doing that is that what you're saying yeah if that if that's what the hebrew is meant to be which is what the esv is, thinks it meant was the setting of the goads i so, i thought i always thought because i goad i'm thinking a, a stick that's used to right. whatever i always thought that this meant <coughs> attaching a stick to a piece of metal yeah to be used as a weapon it's it's just means Setting the go just means putting the probably just means sticking the metal prod onto the stick hmm. uh, and then sharpening it or setting it in there or okay. whatever. That makes sense. They're it's sharpening weapons. the goads or they're making poor weapons out of there. They're just making sharp Implements. farm tools. Yeah. yeah. And which I mean, don't get me wrong, it'd be scary to have somebody running at me with a, you know, a really rake. sharp rake. <laughs> but maybe not the plastic ones. Yeah. So, the, yeah, they're. Word originally transliterated is doorbound. It's the doorbound. And, or phonetically, it would be like doorbone. Um, and it's only used twice in scripture. And the other one is in Ecclesiastes. And it says the words of the wise are like doorbounds and are like nails well driven. The mm-hmm. words of the scholars given by the shepherd are one. Um so yeah, so there, there, there is a little bit of like, what is actually a doorbone and what is it being? And so, <laughs> and, and so it, it is, the ESV says goad, um, the NAS just calls it a hoe. Um, okay. And so, yeah, so there's, again, is it a purpose of a tool? Is it the tool? Is it yeah, something? Right. Okay. Apparently it can be related to also being like nails driven in and there's, I wonder, I wonder if it was there. like a so. shield and a so, piece and of wood that had nails driven through it. It's that simple, which is yeah. not much. That's what a goat is, essentially. Yes. Anything that yeah, would prod. A piece of wood that has something yes. sharp driven through it. Okay. Which, which, by the way, is, remember, that's what I'll reference this. It's what Jesus, so what happens when you poke an ox with the prod? What does it do? Moves. It moves or? It bucks. bucks. Kicks. Yeah. yeah. Kicks against the goad. And remember, that's what Jesus says to Paul, the apostle Paul. Why do you insist on kicking against the goad? So, so Jesus had been prodding Paul, like, come on, come on. I've got, I'm, I'm drawing you. And Paul was fighting back rather than submitting. And so that's, that gives us insight into maybe the fact that Jesus had been pursuing Paul for a while. Mm. And Paul was fighting back and was getting more and more angry and was now persecuting Christians rather than accepting Jesus's prodding. Um, anyway. Interesting. Yeah, why do you kick against the goads? But 
um, all of them are farm tools that don't make very good weapons if the other guy has weapons. I mean, if he's only got farm tools too, fine. But they're scary weapons. I mean, sickles are scary. I, the sickle's mm-hmm. the only one I don't have. I wonder if I could get a sickle before Sunday. Oh, my gosh. Sickles are kind of... Because we don't, we just don't use them at all anymore. Don't, don't. Well, you go to Spirit of Halloween. Don't look at your pastor's search history. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, man, that's the only one. I have the rest of them. I can show pictures okay. of the rest of them, but um, or, or show pictures of that one and bring in a Matic or an, so Matic is like a pickaxe. Yeah. Okay. I just, I just looked that up. Which again, terrifying to have that's someone swinging scary. at you. Yeah. But, but if you're fighting against a, a long spear, sword or yeah. spear or something, it's like. It, and shield slow yeah. yeah so anyway Not made for it that's that's a that's the idea and it's wild to me that the jewish people the israelites are are dependent on the on the philistines even to just to sharpen yes. their tools it's not even that they can't make them into weapons they have lost the ability to even sharpen their own tools somehow which is um i do want to i do want to say like it it's i think worth noting that that this uh appears to be at the the fact that they don't have this appears to be at the um at least some in some form at the not request at the intention of the Philistines. Yeah, that's on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. This is a this is a they they did that to them on condition purpose. of their slavery essentially. They're not poking out their right eye, but they yeah. are not letting them have weapons. Yeah. So you know, think about that. Yep. Paul, uh, any any other like should we should we take note of how much it costs or anything or is are we is it really just hey they had to pay for this yeah they I had know. to pay somebody else to do this yeah I think so because <clears throat> also I mean gosh it's going to be so interesting because again in the Hebrew it just is pay mm-hmm. yeah um, it's not an, an actual valuation of something yeah and that word. Yeah, <laughs> has a lot of conditions around what it actually is as a value based on what is what is being assessed. And so, yeah, it seems likely that, again, the ESV is assigning values based on something. And it would be, again, probably a lot more work to go and find. And I, and I don't doubt that that work has been done. Right, right exactly. There's like, is it, yeah. Yeah. And and I think, I think that was also true of, um, you know, Chris, I think you handled well the the introduction of the numbers yes um, you know in the beginning of the chapter on mm. sunday um and then kind of mentioned even again you know some of the um not just at the beginning but with the counting of the chariots and the and the horsemen and the troops and yet you know like there are a lot of wise men who have handled this and studied this and continue to do it but there's certainly like even these things like there's it doesn't need to cast doubt on Oh well, I mean, should we really even trust the Old Testament? Should we oh, really even do yeah, right, because, right. Because again, even if it was like, oops, apparently it was, you know, two thirds of a shekel for both of them, um, right? Like it doesn't change the inherent meaning, of not it. at all. Right, um, right. I think we're still supposed to. So that's, and I and why I mentioned that again is one, yes, the reminder of the trustworthiness of Scripture, um, but then I think second of like, yeah, it's probably not worth diving into. And extrapolating so much of those fine oh, yeah. details out of it and being like, oh, is there a significance between the two, you know, prices when it's like, no, it's probably also the prices are given there to try to provide us as Western listeners some yeah, insight yeah, yeah. into it. 
um, but not not necessarily there apparently from the beginning in such in such it, a way that I think the Hebrew audience would have said, "Oh wow, the the price." No, they're probably the bigger, I mean the, bigger thinker. Yeah, of the they're passage. they're basically looting the Hebrews before they defeat them. Mm. Yeah, there's they're taking money from the Hebrews to then defeat the Hebrews. Yeah, I mean it's it's a that's one of the interesting really questions is, 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 is it, uh, and yes, I totally agree. And I, so for, what's interesting is for me, I know that for some people, when I've, when we talk about some of these textual issues, it creates doubt for them. And it has exactly the opposite effect for me. Like I'm so comforted that there's not a perfect, a perfect version with a perfect translation. Like, I don't know if I had that, maybe I would somehow be happy with it. I just can't fathom it. Like, other holy books claim that kind of thing. And the minute I hear that, I'm like, yeah, you don't either. You're yeah. liars. I mean, I'm actually comforted when it's like, eh, it, it may be 30,000. It may be 300. We really can't know for sure. 300 probably makes more sense, even though this dot next or this, this extra line that we're not sure if it goes with the word before or if it goes with this number. And it's there. And the original author knew which one he intended. You know, he knew it meant to, it was supposed to go with the word before, not with the next number, but we don't know. So we're going to go with 30,000, even though it doesn't make great sense just because it's, and, and then we'll make a note of it. And if anyone cares to dig into it, there's, you know, probably six doctoral thesis written on it. And so, um, anyway, that, that does not, that, that does nothing for my, nothing negative for my faith. And it actually does positive for it. Um, but yeah, this whole idea of, they they paid something seems to be the point in the Hebrew that the, the originals may have known they may have known exactly what was meant by this but we're going something and and they're interpreting it and like Paul said these are these are the men and women who do these translations for the most part they have spent their lives digging into this and used used other writings and they've just done their best to go at it but. But at the same time, what I think that means is, and this is significant, is you wouldn't want to build a sermon over the difference between two thirds of a shekel and a third of a shekel. Right. Because uh, that's, you're building a sermon on the translation that, that may not be the point. Mm -hmm. I think the point is what John said, that they're getting fleeced before they're even fighting. Um, and they're dependent is yeah. the biggest one. The insult mm -hmm. of, hey, before I fight you with this sickle, would you mind? Would you mind sharpening it for yeah. me? And the guy goes like, sure, two-thirds of a shekel. Like, okay, here's two-thirds of a shekel, and, you know, and here's my sickle. Please sharpen it. And now I'll meet you on the battlefield in a few days. <laughs> like, right. And the other guy's like, Sure, cool. I'll sharpen it. Yeah, exactly. It'll I'll be back in <laughs> yeah, exactly. a week. Yeah. <laughs> There's quite a lot of you asking for <laughs> That's one of the things I wonder sharpened about. implements. <laughs> Does one our oxes aren't going anywhere? <laughs> the Philistines get to the fascinating thing is I think is it is this meant to imply there's a moment when the Hebrews are all running over to the five Philistine cities getting their stuff sharpened, or is this meant to imply listen this has been this way for a while, and I, I don't I disagree with one of the commentaries that thinks all this happens after like the Philistines have taken Micmash and now they're sending out raiders and that's when the hebrew people realize they don't have weapons i actually think this is a no go back in time and recognize this this has been a problem for a while and the hebrew people know that that's why they're not fighting against the raiders is because right their best shot is yes this explains why they were following 
trembling, why right. they were scared, why they departed. Yeah, they're yeah, not only outnumbered, sense. but they, they're outweaponed. They're outgunned. Yeah. And, and they know it. And so now if there is a little bit of an influx, I've always thought the Philistines, one, would get suspicious and two, would get excited. Because the Philistines, after all, Here like, it hey, comes. they're sharpening up their tools. Hey, Larry. <laughs> Guess how much money I'm We're sharpening today. up their tools. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, bring your spears by. Apparently, we need our spears sharp because yeah. the Hebrews are sharpening their their axes. <laughs> their axes. And again, don't even picture a modern nice right. axe. Like, yeah. remember to picture a poorly made bronze, probably. Iron was a new thing in this era. It was, it was like, and so... It may be that the, that the Philistines had iron and the Hebrews did not uh, as well. So it's it's just bad all around. Yeah. Bad all around. I do think it's interesting that, you know, of course, even with all verse 22, when it says on the day of the battle, even with all the sharpening, there was neither sword nor spear found in any of the hand except Saul and Jonathan. And that, that also feels like one of those slight credits to Saul, the fact yeah. that he equipped it, like gave a sword to his son. Oh, like it would make sense that it's yeah. like the only person the, who thought ahead. Yeah. That it was like, it makes sense that the only person who has a sword is the King. And then what, what was the second, you know, kind of person do I have it to? Well, the King made sure his son did. Hmm. Um, again, small credit. I feel like. Yeah. I mean, even if it's, uh, self-serving, it's like, Hey, good job. Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't he, why didn't he, then mandate when he had oh, his right. maid, why didn't right. he mandate everybody get a maid? Everybody get a maid, but can't afford it. It may, it may be that simple. Yeah. But back to this, no blacksmith in the land, you know, this con the concept of training or teaching the next generation. Yeah. And here at least is yep. a generational preparedness from. And we're about to see king. how, Im like how important, how important that, that, is. that plays out because oh my gosh, it. it does not happen the way that well, yeah, where it comes from. Jonathan. And I, I think in my head that. too, I was picturing like these big axes, but looking at like some pictures of ancient axes. Yes. A lot of them are like, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's like not. smaller than a tomahawk. <laughs> well, yes. and you got to remember like that we're talking about Israel. Yeah. They're, they're going to go cut down about a trees. Texas. Exactly. Exactly. They didn't have to cut down you know, 24 inch pine trees. They were right. cutting down, cutting limbs off of acacia trees. So, so I'm sure they were like, when they got sharp, they were probably decently sharp to cut. Yeah. But like, it's not a big thing. <laughs> a bronze age axe head. That's, yeah. that's a, that's a rock hammer now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. In East Texas, that would not cut it as an, as an axe, would it? Anyway, no. but metal was super hard head, to get. Yeah. That's a, that's a multi-tool. Yeah, exactly. You just slide that thing in your pocket. That's actually probably precisely right. It was made for cutting limbs so that you could build a fire at night. That would make total sense. Anyway, this this concept. And so what what does it take to motivate us to get ready? And it reminds me again of that back when I was I first got Twitter and was all excited about Twitter and for about six days was was all about the Twitter. And, and then you were like, oh, my gosh, these is, people are horrible. This is horrible. <laughs> so. And I started posting a bunch of, I started tweeting um, a, a, a bunch of tweets during one day about what if, uh, and this is years ago, I was like, what if you didn't have a student minister to help equip your kids? And then a few hours later, what if you didn't have a children's minister to, and the response <laughs> was totally the wrong thing that I wanted. People were like, oh, you're right. We should be more grateful for them. Like, uh, 
Okay, yeah, that's okay. Yes, thank that's, you. That's nice. No, but the point I'm making no, is, no, you should not. Can you do <laughs> this it. without them? Right. Yeah. Can you train your students? Can you train your children? And and like that to me is an example of this because there may come a day when that's not easy to do. You can't just run up to church and and would you then be helpless to train your own family? Would you then be helpless to to teach through scripture on your own? So. Oh, we caught you on another yawn. <laughs> yeah, listen, buddy, just go back to sleep. <laughs> anyway, I I think that's that's the kind of stuff that's going to be unpacked this Sunday, that's and I love really that for good. this church. That's going to be so good. Yeah, we're really excited. Be encouraged. I was not asleep. <laughs>